grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The struggle for salvation is over. The war that Jesus came to wage in his incarnation, life, death, resurrection, and ascension has been won decisively. Jesus' words on the cross, it is finished, was not only a death blow to your sins, but also to the devil who uses your sins to accuse you and condemn you. In Jesus' descent into hell, he proclaimed victory over the spiritual forces of darkness, that hell cannot have you, that Satan can never wrest you from his divine nail-pierced hands. The war for you and for your salvation is over. Your Savior has conquered. And yet, the battle rages on. Not one for salvation, but a battle nonetheless, a a battle that is a cosmic struggle between God's truth and the lies of our defeated foe. Behind the scenes is a war of words. St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Ephesians that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Whether we realize it or not, we as Christians are enlisted in a real battle. One that is not waged against our fellow humans, against our flesh and blood, but against Satan and his hordes. Satan is defeated by our Lord Jesus Christ. He knows it. And he's angry about it. A dying animal caught in a trap is a dangerous animal. St. Peter says in his first epistle, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. What does it mean that Satan wants to devour you? If he cannot kill you, he wants to get you to believe something other than God's truth. That's his goal. It's the way that it has worked since the beginning. Jesus calls him the father of lies, that he was a murderer from the beginning. Way back in the Garden of Eden, he got Adam and Eve to believe something other than what God had said. So the feast of St. Michael and all angels is this opportunity to reflect on the war that is waged around us all the time. A war in which we all participate, whether we do so mindfully or not. This is a war of words. We are not talking about taking up physical arms, but spiritual ones. Arming ourselves with the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. In the appointed gospel lesson that I read a few moments ago, the 72 returned to Jesus after he had commissioned them and sent them into all the towns before him. They were to go into those places, heal the sick, and proclaim the kingdom of God among them. And as they did that work, they realized something profound. Their words, 
their gospel proclamation brought an end to Satan's reign in the places in which they went and established the reign and rule of King Jesus. Jesus responded to them not by rebuking them or brushing them off, but by acknowledging what they had realized. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. In other words, this is what was happening as the 70 or 72 were carrying out their mission. Satan losing. He and his angelic forces being crushed underneath the rock of our salvation. Through this preaching of God's word, the kingdom of God comes in our midst and the powers of darkness are driven back. Through the hearing, the the reading, and the regular use of God's word in our lives, we ourselves become engaged in this war of words. The struggle between God's truth and the mad ramblings of the father of lies. So I ask you a practical question. Why do you go to church? Why do you live your life amid believers who can support and encourage you and you them? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you learn the catechism? Why do you use the sacraments? Because we are in a war of words. We live within and from God's truth. What he says of us as poor, miserable sinners, according to the law, but nonetheless forgiven and adopted children of the Most High God through the gospel. We are in a war of words. It's why we pray in the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, so that our Heavenly Father would give us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. It's why we pray in the sixth sixth petition, lead us not into temptation, so that God would guard and keep us, so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief despair, and other great shame and vice. Be aware of the war of words that is currently taking place in your life right now and all around you. Peter reminds us, be sober-minded, be watchful. Don't be caught off guard. Take up the weapon of warfare that our conquering Savior has given to you. Namely, his word. Live in the promises of your baptism. Rely upon not the words of the devil, but the word of absolution. The forgiveness of sins, so that the devil may not condemn you in your conscience. Eat and drink the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. So that whenever Satan tells you that you are not worthy of eternal life, you can say, no, I am not, but I'm united to the only one who is, and through him, I have it. And Satan loses. Again, and again, and again, and again, 
as he lies crushed beneath our Savior's feet. And as much as we, we might delight in his demise and in his defeat, Jesus tells us not to settle for that, but to satisfy ourselves with something, something much greater in this war of words. He told his disciples this, Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because that's the final word for you in this war of words. No matter what the devil tries to speak into your ears today or tomorrow or the next day, you have the very words of Jesus in them now and through them eternal life. In Christ, you have won. Your enemy has lost. Heaven is yours. In the name of Jesus, Amen.